you know, many of us, we, we use food as a reward and we're taught that from ch- as like kids, food is like almost like this reward, you know, we're told, Hey, if we're good, then we'll go get ice cream later. You know, Hey, if we can do this, uh, if you'll be good for mommy and daddy, then I'm going to take you to McDonald's or Chick-fil-A or whatever it is, you know? And like, um, uh, this getting rewarded as a kid, it carries on into our adult life where we also want to reward ourselves with food. Welcome to the High Powered Podcast, the podcast created to help you grow strong, healthy, and confident in mind, body, and spirit. Now, here's your host, Chase Livingston. Hey, what is up, you guys? Welcome back to another High Powered episode of the High Powered Podcast. Super pumped to have you because today we're diving deeper into this concept of mindful nourishment. So if you've been listening along, this is a little taste, a little preview of what we've been exploring in our holistic fitness online and in-person course. Uh, And we're really focusing on improving our relationship with food. So today I'm going to be giving practical things that you can use in your nutrition plan, so to speak, in order to help cultivate a better relationship with food. So uh, I'm super excited to have you. If you have questions or you're interested in becoming a part of this or the next holistic fitness program, then I would love if you just shoot me a message. Uh, I'll drop a link here in the show notes where you can follow it to, to learn more. And yeah, so without further ado, let's dive into the show. to part two of your mindful nourishment course. If you're listening in today, I'm super pumped to have you because we're going to be building upon the things that we covered in the prior episode. So if you remember in part one, we discussed the foundations of mindful nourishment, what that means and how uh, it applies to our lives, right? We talked about things like um, mindful eating and body positivity and uh, the importance of nutritional knowledge. Now we're going to build upon these things in part two. So part two is mindful practices for a healthier relationship with food. And my goal today is that I can give you some practical, practical, tangible exercises that you can actually use to start improving your relationship with food and therefore get you to this place where you're no longer feeling guilt and shame for eating certain foods or uh, getting to this place where you're jumping on different diet fads and hopping from one thing to another that you can actually start to look at your food and have greater appreciation for it and be able to eat things and know how they are fueling your body, right? So today we have three primary components that we're going to be discussing and I'm going to tell you what they are, kind of give you a little overview, I guess, and then we're going to dive super deep into each one, okay? So the three things that we're going to be covering today are daily gratitude and how that plays a role in your food and the nourishment it provides. We're going to discuss emotional awareness and becoming aware of emotional eating triggers, and we're going to discuss intuitive eating or intuitive dieting, which is kind of this newfound thing, and I think you guys are really going to enjoy and appreciate it. So let's dive into this daily gratitude portion. Now, you guys who are a part of this course, a part of this program, you already know gratitude is a huge part of this program. We are diving super deep into gratitude this month with it being the month of Thanksgiving, all that different kind of stuff. But right now with your daily gratitude practice, I want to discuss it in terms of the foods that you're eating and uh, in terms of the uh, relationship with food that you may have. Now, if you remember 
I've given you this, this worksheet, this guide that gives you practical things that you can do every single day to cultivate this daily gratitude practice. And one of those was nutritional blessing, right? Taking a second before you eat to give thanks for your food, right? To pray over it or whatever you may do. And it kind of cultivates this gratitude, this thankfulness for the food that you're about to eat, the nourishment that it's going to provide, that kind of thing. So that's exactly what we're talking about here, but we're taking it a step further. So daily gratitude, it, it's developing a gratitude practice by acknowledging the nourishment food provides. You can do this by starting a food journal to note your appreciation for the flavors and the benefits of your meals. Like I said, we can do the nutritional blessing where we're really taking a second to give thanks for the food, the fact that it's been provided to us, the fact that you know people prepared it for us or we prepared it ourselves, the fact that it's going to be fuel for our bodies to use and give us energy and allow us to do the things that we're called to do in this life. So um, daily gratitude is what we're going to discuss here. And, you know, I've been quoting this single study many times throughout the course of this program. And it's this one, this Harvard study that found that those who completed a simple daily gratitude practice for 10 weeks experienced a far greater sense of well-being and a quality of life for up to even a month after they were done doing the study. They continued to experience the positive benefits of having a daily gratitude practice. And so, you know, that was something as simple as every single morning you wake up and you write one new thing that you're grateful for that uh, maybe you you kind of thought outside the box. It wasn't the same thing you thought of yesterday, but you took a second, you wrote it down, and you actually took a moment to genuinely feel appreciation for that thing. That led to this greater sense of well-being. People had all of these positive benefits come up from that. And so uh, we're taking that a step further with this nutrition idea, Right. Cultivating a daily gratitude practice is essential for nurturing a positive and resilient mindset. This practice encourages individuals to acknowledge and appreciate the blessings, big and small, in their lives. It shifts the focus away from what might be lacking and challenging, and it redirects it toward the abundance of what's currently present. Regularly expressing gratitude can lead to increased happiness, reduced stress, and improved emotional and mental well-being. It reinforces the importance of recognizing and valuing the positives in our lives, even during difficult times. Moreover, a daily gratitude practice can strengthen relationships, foster empathy, and inspire a more optimistic outlook. It serves as a powerful reminder that gratitude is a choice. And by making that choice daily, we can enrich our lives and find joy in everyday moments. And so obviously, you know, I've given you a ton of tools and resources in this course to help you with this daily gratitude practice. But really, I want to talk about this over the next few minutes, uh, circulating the idea of uh, developing a gratitude for the food that you eat, the food that you consume, uh, that kind of thing. Because many people, they will uh, eat things and they'll feel guilt, they'll feel shame, they'll feel you know this these uh, troubling emotions. Like I can't believe I just ate all of that. You know I, I shouldn't have done all that. That was crammed with sugar. This was bad for me. Whatever it is, and really the first step towards overcoming that is simply being grateful. You know what? If you did overeat the the ice cream, if you did overeat the junk food, if you really shouldn't have picked up that fast food, don't feel guilt and shame. Still be grateful for it. And there is a little bit of psychology behind this. You know, when we say that we are still grateful for it, it's still going to reinforce the positive habit of 
developing that love and appreciation and therefore it encourages us to continue to make better more improved choices right so even when we you know sometimes we slip and we fall off we can still be grateful for those moments and it doesn't mean i didn't do anything wrong or you know this is good or bad or starting to label things but it just means like hey i'm still going to be grateful in this moment you know um for many people whether it's lack of nutritional knowledge or it is um you know just not really having access to tons of like healthy food. You know, sometimes just putting food on the table is enough, you know, and that's something to be grateful for. You know what? If there is a huge like ultra processed meal on the table, but let me tell you, this person, that's that's them doing their best with what they have, then like who are we to, you know, uh, say anything about that or if, even if we're in that situation you know we should still be grateful because we are able to provide for our family what we can we're doing our very best we're continuing to learn we're continuing to better ourselves and so bringing in that gratitude is huge okay uh, within this course like i said you've got multiple tools available to you to uh, begin cultivating this powerful daily gratitude practice that can truly make a difference in your life and so whether that's you know uh taking a moment before you eat to just like give thanks and pray over your food maybe it's just while you're cooking you're you're you know giving thanks for the food and when you go shopping and you're at the checkout line and you're seeing that huge massive uh, spike in how much groceries are costing that you can still stop and you can say you know what at least I can pay for these groceries today thank you for that like just shifting your mindset a little bit is going to do something huge for you so continue to cultivate this daily gratitude practice specifically in the sake of this conversation around your food let's dive into part two emotional awareness this is all about recognizing emotional eating triggers and learning alternative coping strategies you know maybe it's meditation or journaling or mindful breathing but uh, becoming aware of how your emotions actually play a role in the food choices that you make is huge. You know, many of us, we use food as a coping mechanism. I mean, flat out, like when we have a bad day, we want to eat. You know, when we feel depressed, we had these cravings that come out of nowhere. Right. And even when we're celebrating the positive things in our lives, we often want to incorporate food in some way you know somebody in your family graduates well let's go out and have a big meal you know uh, of course we've got thanksgiving coming up that's a huge celebration how are we celebrating with a huge meal you know and all of these things are okay to an extent it's okay to you know have a bad day and you want to come home and and you know enjoy a cookie or something like that right there's nothing wrong with that however this form of emotional eating can also set up some negative behaviors that lead to some negative consequences. And so we have to be able to first become aware of the emotional response that we're having, become aware of that, and then we can start to gain control. Wow, the holidays are upon us. Can you believe it? Hey, listen, I'm getting ready to launch my brand new 30-day fitness challenge called the Grateful Gains Fitness Feast. And this whole 30-day challenge is centered around my favorite holiday, Thanksgiving. So throughout the month, of course, we're going to be working out. We're going to be strengthening our bodies, but also we're going to be implementing two super cool things that I'm excited about implementing. Number one is what I call mindful nourishment. And what that's all about is just developing a healthy relationship around food, particularly during the holidays. You know, during this time of year, many people are feeling guilty or shameful about the foods that they're eating, and we want to completely eliminate that. 
Also, we're developing a daily gratitude practice where we're going to be thankful for the bodies we have and the life that we've been given so that we can experience true gratitude for this awesome life that we have. So, sound like something you want to be a part of? What I want you to do is go to www.chaseinspires.com slash grateful. There, you're going to get more information on the program. You can go ahead and sign up. You can also contact me if you have any questions through that link. Once again, it's www.chaseinspires.com slash grateful. I hope to see you in the program. You know, many of us, we, we use food as a reward and we're taught that from ch- as like kids, food is like almost like this reward. You know, we're told, hey, if we're good, then we'll go get ice cream later. You know, hey, if we can do this, uh, if you'll be good for mommy and daddy, then I'm going to take you to McDonald's or Chick-fil-A or whatever it is, you know, and like um, uh, this getting rewarded as a kid, it carries on into our adult life where we also want to reward ourselves with food. Now, I kind of play with this line a little bit because to a degree, I think it's great to like, you know what, you just like crushed a huge sale or you had an awesome day. You have something that you want to celebrate and you want to take you and your family out to eat as a way to just like commemorate the the moment, right? I don't see anything wrong with that. You know, where it is, it drifts into a little bit of a bad thing is particularly in line with fitness as many people feel like they have to earn their food, right? So I want to have pizza tonight, so I've got to go basically, you know, crush myself on the treadmill. That way I can reward myself for the food. And this is something that we want to break. You know, you don't have to earn your food. Your body needs food. Food is an essential requirement. So if you are wanting pizza, guess what? You can have pizza. Now, there is nothing wrong with pizza. Maybe there's times when you do a healthier alternative, such as doing it at home with your own homemade ingredients with maybe some lower calorie options, right? Maybe that's something that you do. And then maybe there's times where you do the Pizza Hut thing or the Domino's thing, right? But um, let's start to reframe this using food as a reward and let's start to become emotionally aware of when we're doing that, right? Are we, are we going and working out because um, we want to reward ourselves with food? No, we're not. You know, I saw this this like uh, meme, I guess, the other day. It was like, you know, I'm going to work out and then I'm going to go have a pizza and a donut after. Uh, and it's like, and I'm not doing that because I feel like uh, the food is my reward. And I'm not doing that because I feel like I have to earn it. I'm doing it because I enjoy working out and I enjoy pizza and donuts, you know, and that's the kind of mindset that we need to have. There is nothing wrong with eating any of these foods, right? However, in moderation, anything in um, uh, excess can be poison, right? Even water. You drink too much water, you can die, right? And so uh, that's just something to kind of think about. Emotional awareness is a crucial aspect of improving our relationship with food. It involves recognizing and understanding the emotional cues and triggers that influence our eating habits. By becoming more in tune with our emotions, we can distinguish between physical hunger and emotional hunger, such as stress eating or boredom eating. This awareness enables us to make conscious decisions about our food intake and our approach to eating. You know, we can break unhealthy eating patterns. We can develop a more balanced and mindful approach to the foods that we consume. It also allows us to address the underlying emotional needs that may be driving our food choices, fostering a healthier and more positive relationship with food that prioritizes emotional well-being just as much as physical well-being, right? And so 
that's kind of what I want to discuss a little bit here is this concept of stress eating and boredom eating. Many times, you know, this can kind of creep in on the weekends when we're not busy is uh, we get bored. We're sitting at the house. We don't really have a whole lot going on. And so we want to <laughs> snack, you know, and we have to be careful here because um, there, those emotions, they start to kind of like take control and make those decisions for us. And so before you start to grab those snacks and go after that food, you need to ask yourself, you know, am I eating out of stress? Am I eating out of boredom? Am I eating out of routine? You know, is it just like because it's two o'clock in the afternoon and this is when I usually have a snack that I need to do this? And it's important to see how those emotions start to kind of play a role here. So how do we do this? We just start to become more aware of our emotions and how they play a role in our food choices, you know? And so that means that anytime you want to get a bite to eat, you need to stop and ask yourself, like, how are you feeling right now? You know, especially when these different cravings start to come up, ask yourself, how am I feeling right now? Is this emotion that I'm experiencing, is that playing a role in the food choices that I want to make? You know, whether you like had a, a rough day and you're wanting to, you know, just go pick up some fast food or whether it's like you just had this huge celebratory moment and you're wanting to just like ball out on this crazy meal, like just become aware and awareness can sometimes maybe have you make a different decision? Maybe not, but awareness is the first step, okay? We're not trying to make all of these huge, massive changes. All we're trying to do is educate ourselves and become aware, okay? Become emotionally aware of how it's judging and changing our food choices. Once you become aware, you're going to want to make different choices, but we're not going to even discuss what those choices are or how you make them or anything like that. My only thing is just ask yourself to become more aware, and how can you then become more proactive in preventing these emotions from making the best or worse <laughs> of your food choices, okay? So um, just some things to think about there. Let's dive into the last thing, which is intuitive eating. Now, this is, um, this is uh, you, you practice intuitive eating by tuning into your body's hunger and fullness signals. And this allows you to enjoy foods without guilt and uh, also allows you to start ditching these restrictive diets, okay? So this is a popular concept that we're seeing in the fitness world is this intuitive dieting or intuitive eating, and this revolves around being in tune with your body's hunger signals and its cravings, and this leads to a more flexible approach that can yield some pretty awesome results, okay? And so um, uh, there are some benefits and there are some cons to this and so I'm putting this out there now because it's actually going to tie into something that we discuss later on okay so intuitive eating is uh, you eat when you feel hungry right and this ties into the emotional aspect too you're going to eat when you feel hungry not when you feel stressed not when you feel bored not when you feel anxious or when you feel routine but when you are actually legitimately hunger that's when you're going to eat, right? And you're going to listen to your body tell you what it needs, okay? And so this can take some practice. This is why nutritional knowledge that we discussed in the first part is so important. Uh, intuitive dieting is essential for improving our relationship with food because it encourages a more mindful and sustainable approach to nutrition. It shifts the focus from rigid diets and restrictive calorie counting to listening to our body's cues and signals, Intuitive eating involves paying attention to hunger and fullness as well as our cravings and our emotional triggers while making food choices based on what feels right for our bodies. 
by embracing intuitive dieting or intuitive eating, we can break free from the diet mentality. We can trust in our body's wisdom and foster a healthier, more flexible and compassionate relationship with food. It promotes a balance between nourishing our bodies and enjoying the pleasures of eating, ultimately leading to improved physical and emotional well-being. Guys, this is basically the crux of this entire course right here. It's finding the balance between uh, eating whole, nutritious, high-quality foods and then having room for those other foods that you enjoy and then knowing when to make the choice between which, right? We're going to dive even deeper into this, into the course, but uh, start tapping into your body's natural response to food. You know, your body will tell you what it wants, what it needs, the thing that it's craving. You know, pregnant women are really good at this. You know, they know that they're craving those pickles when their body needs more salt. You know, they know they're craving, I think it's like, uh, what is it that they crave or um, when they need more iron? I think it's like maybe beef or something like that. I can't remember. But anyways, uh, your body has a great way of telling you like what it needs. Now, with all of this in mind, it's still important to understand that there are some pitfalls to uh, intuitive eating, right? Sometimes these cravings that they ha that we have, they can fool us. Um, uh, you know, there's many times that I crave donuts and ice cream, but that doesn't mean that I should just constantly give in to that craving. You know what I mean? And there is also some research that shows that many of us we will crave more carbohydrates and fats. We want more of those sugary, salty type foods when we actually are craving protein. And uh, I believe this is called, oh, I'm, I'm slipping on the name, uh, protein synthesis hypothesis or something like that that basically says, you know, your body doesn't know how to tell you that it needs more protein, especially when you are primarily consuming the standard American diet, which is high in carbohydrates and fats. And basically, your body has a natural level of protein that it needs to have every single day. And if the protein is not found in the diet, you're still going to be be hungry. And so maybe you've experienced this before where, you know, you have a big meal that you picked up from, you know, wherever, and a few minutes later, you're hungry again. Well, it could be that you didn't get enough of the protein that you need and it's like then after that meal you're craving more of those carbs more of the the sugary salty type foods the taste good type stuff because your body's saying hey i didn't get enough protein in that sitting now this is just a hypothesis this is just like kind of a theory that i've seen the research on and i'll be honest with you with where i'm at i'm not even sure if it's got a, a fully uh, a fully solidified like consensus on it but I think it's still interesting to think about, and I do still think that um, these cravings can play a positive or negative role in how we make our nutritional choices. Nonetheless, it comes down to, once again, that nutritional knowledge and maintaining a healthy balance, right? And so, especially as we move towards Thanksgiving, you know, we're, we're going to have that, that big, awesome meal. I can't wait for it, where we're going to enjoy a lot of our favorite foods, right? And we don't want to experience any guilt, any shame, any of that kind of stuff, and so... Um, you want to make sure that right now you're eating those healthy, high quality, whole nutritious meals, right? 80, 85, 90% of your, your diet consists of these high quality foods. That way, when you eat the 10, 15, 20% of the high, the high sugar, you know, 
uh, ultra processed, whatever it is, you know, I don't even want to label it necessarily, but you don't like have all this guilt and this shame because one, you've developed this better relationship with your food and you know, it's one meal, you know, it's one day. It's really not going to affect the overall long-term result for you. Um, you can have your cake and eat it too, so to speak. Right? So, Hey, if you want more information on this topic, if you want to discuss how it relays to you as an individual and how you can start to fit this in specifically the intuitive dieting piece into your personal plan, reach out to me and I'd love to help you uh, get more information on this, take a, a, a deeper approach. I'd love to discuss more of it, but I want to keep these uh, little segments pretty brief, you know. Um, so that's really it for this one, guys. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you got something from it. Once again, if you have any questions on this, feel free to reach out to me. I'd love to help you. And uh, we'll continue to dive deeper uh, in a few days next week as we go into part three. Well, that wraps up today's episode of the High Powered Podcast. I hope you enjoyed getting a glimpse into what mindful nourishment is all about. Listen, if this helped you today, I would love if you would subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review, help us grow. We would really appreciate it. If you want to be a part of this or our future holistic fitness programs, then all you've got to do is click the link in the show notes or visit chaseinspires.com. If you want to be a part of this one, you can go to www.chaseinspires.com slash grateful. Once again, thank you for listening and I'll see you next time.